0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Tuesday, January 19th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181, 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics is also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Avenue in Dorchester. There's plenty of parking out back, and make sure you tell them I sent you. So as we get closer to the AFC and NFC Championship Games on Sunday, we we got a long ways to go. And uh, Bill Belichick, if you've listened to any of the press conferences, he's already getting a little testy when we talk about or when others ask him about the Tom brady Peyton Manning dynamic of this AFC Championship game, which will be the first of the two this coming Sunday. I'm seeing that the weather's supposed to be pretty good in Denver now. It's early in the week, so I don't know how much stock you want to put into the weather for the upcoming weekend, five, six days away, we got some time here to to let that play out and let that change because, as we know, that stuff can change. The weather can change from one day to the next. One day you're telling me there's a storm. The next day there's no storm. One day you're telling me it's going to be nice out. You wake up to six inches of snow. I mean, this shit can change. So I'm going to take it easy on the weather reports as of right now on this Tuesday early afternoon, even though here in New England, now. The game will not be played here, as we know it's going to be played in Denver. Uh, but here in New England, we're gonna have. It looks like there's going to be a pretty big storm again. Take the re- weather reports on Tuesday for for what they're worth. Leading into the weekend, I hope there's no big storm because I'm supposed to be on the radio Saturday, and I have not been on the radio schedule the last couple weekends. And uh, you know, Saturday that used to be my every week my home every weekend on Saturdays on WEI and and I'm not always on the schedule now I'd I'd love to be but I'm not I'm finally back on and people are telling us we're gonna get this monster snowstorm and what is it it's literally one full year later one full calendar year later uh, last year at this time when we opened this studio here at Beantown Athletics and I launched this show I believe it'll be a full year next week or the week after. When we launched this show, it was in the middle of the beginning of those monster snowstorms. You know, we were getting smashed over the head week after week just when you thought, you know, you were done shoveling. Well, here comes another one. And uh, so it's really a full year later that we're going to get hit with a big snowstorm. At least that's what the weather reports say as of right now. So, uh... Well we'll keep an eye on that, but I hope it doesn't snow or at least I hope it doesn't snow that bad I'm still, I'm still gonna do everything I can to get into the studio. Um, but you know, I, I can recall there was one of the storms last year that hit I, I, I could not make it in. I didn't make it in because you couldn't even drive down the street in Southie you couldn't even you literally couldn't even turn around the corner in fact, uh, even getting out of driveways, whatever you just couldn't drive around. That's how bad those storms were. I don't think they're going to be that bad this week, but uh, so I'm I'm going to be in there for my radio show on Saturday. So those are the weather reports. But again, how much stock do you want to put into those uh, this early in the week? Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on it, put it that way, and we'll keep an eye on the weather in Denver as we get closer to conference championship weekend. I'm going to go into my official preview for the AFC and NFC championship games on tomorrow's podcast, as I do every Wednesday, and then I'll get my picks with the spread on Friday. I'm going to have a couple guests to talk about these games on Thursday and Friday, so stay tuned to see who those guests are going to be. I have a football story in front of me that is not really AFC, NFC championship related, but it it could possibly be Super Bowl related. And I guess it's New England Patriots related. I I don't want this story in front of me, but it is. So I need to get to it. And uh, and I will before I close out the show, along with a couple NBA thoughts, a Major League Baseball move that was made. And uh, NHL tonight, Bruins and Canadiens in Montreal. And then another NHL story that I need to get to before I close it out. But I got to begin the show today. If you follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard, you know there is something going on here that is very disturbing to me. In fact, disturbing isn't the right word. I would say devastating is is the correct word to use to categorize my feelings right now on this Tuesday early afternoon late morning early afternoon and um the the situation at hand is again if you follow me on twitter facebook social media you you know what i'm talking about 363 the road to the salty 3 on 3 was a youtube only movie that we created in 2012 now it is 2016, okay? This movie has been on YouTube since 2012, the fall of 2012, all right? I wrote the script. I put the movie together. I was in the movie. Um, You could say the main character, though I, I wasn't, I, I didn't have the best role and it's not to say that you know, my acting skill. I'm not I'm not trying to knock my own acting skills right now. I mean, was there really acting? There wasn't much acting. The sentiment was real. It was meant to be an over-the-top portrayal of HBO's 24-7 Road to the Winter Classic. And I was always interested in writing some type of script and putting together some type of film, whether it be a movie or a short film. And, you know, I, I had the idea that, a lot of people might have had the idea, but we actually went through with it. And I went through with it along with Peter Needham, Pete Needy. He is here at Beantown Athletics. And it it really was a two-man show. Now we got Ryan Wynn, a buddy of ours, who narrated the thing. But again, I mean I, I wrote the whole the whole story, all the parts that were narrated. I wrote it, the storyline, the scenes, I got the guests that were in it. I, I got the um you know, the appearances, the cameos. Uh, You name it. Uh, Written down beforehand, this was meant to be an over-the-top portrayal of HBO's 24-7 Road to the Winter Classic with with a passionate sentiment that was real about how we feel about hockey here in Boston, New England, and more specifically, South Boston. But look, we did it Road to the South E3-on-3 because that's an actual tournament that is played. It's an actual tournament that we play in. And... And and, and the passion that we expressed in that video for this tournament is actually real during the summer here in Celtic. And when you take that into a larger and a bigger picture, in Boston, in all of New England, we are extremely passionate about hockey. One of the lines I wrote in there for the narrator to say was, it's the 11th commandment. That's, That's real. It is. Hockey is the 11th commandment here. Okay? And we wrote that, you know, I wrote that script. Pete was the, was the video guy. Uh, you know, he did the magic on his computer with this video. We put it together. It's a, It was a two man show. We have, we have, let me, let me tell you this. We have never made a single penny on this movie. There was not one penny that was made. In fact, we lost money making this movie. All right. Lost money making this, but it had over forty thousand views on YouTube since two thousand twelve uh it didn't win any type of awards, but people that saw it that appreciated it you know they they understood i think they understand how much effort was put into creating this film and and how much pride Pete and myself uh had with this and and this is something that um some other people knocked you know roll the rides like i had I mean the unfortunate part of this movie was you had people that literally were butt hurt here in Southie that that they were not put into the movie because they had previously won championships it's, I mean come on fucking get over it all right that that's my reaction to that um then there was some other people, even close friends of mine, who mocked it, who made fun of it, who sort of rolled their eyes, and even after making fun of it, instead of really respecting the fact that we we put a whole lot of work into it, basically asked, like I had one close friend asked me one time, like I just don't understand why you made it. <laughs> like, this is supposed to be a close friend of mine. Um, all right, if that's really how you want to react to something that I put a lot of pride in and that I have a lot of pride in and I, I put a lot of work into then then so be it, I mean, you know, I, I obviously can't win your respect over with this, so uh, in fact, maybe you weren't my demographic that I was reaching out to, but the bottom line is this, it's something that we have a whole lot of pride in, a movie that we worked very hard on, a, a movie that a lot of people saw, and if you saw it, When I tell you that it was only a two-man show putting this thing together, you're probably a little shocked that only two people put it together. Two people, one computer, one camera, one microphone. Uh, But again, one overall sentiment that the game of hockey in this town, in this region, the passion for it is a real thing. I wanted to express that. I wanted to get that message across. I believe I got that message across. And it's been on YouTube, on the internet, since 2012. So the message has been getting across now for almost four fucking years. And yesterday, when I'm done finishing this podcast, I was done recording, I was done reacting to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. You can go get that. I went in-depth with every single game that was played over the weekend, all four games. I reacted to it. I gave an early look to the AFC-NFC championships yesterday. Uh, and, and we did a couple other things, talked some UFC and some of the boxing stuff that happened over the weekend. Go back and listen to yesterday's podcast if you want that. But I, I was done recording yesterday's podcast. And I'm sitting there and, and, you know, a lot more work goes in to me. I record the podcast. A lot of other stuff needs to go down, you know, converting it to MP3, editing the website. You know, it's not just I record this every day and I throw it out there an hour later. I mean, there's work that needs to be put in. Um, but I'm so I'm sitting there putting that putting that work in, doing that stuff. It takes some time, and and I get a text, and I know some people. I tweeted this out, and after I tweeted it out, I realized that it did look like a crazy name drop, but um, it, at the time and in my head, it it wasn't because this is somebody that we've had in studio before. This is someone that wants, I think, wants to be in a sequel if we put it together, and it's someone who always expressed that he enjoyed the movie. Thoroughly, and that's Jack Eichel, right? He is one of the top young players in the National Hockey League. And he texted Jack Eichel, texted me yesterday, and he said, What's going on? How come I can't watch 363 Road to the Celtic three on three? And I said, I, I didn't panic, but I sort of asked, well, well, what do you mean you can't watch it? And he's like, I've been trying to pull it up, I'm trying to show the boys now. Jack Eichel plays for the Buffalo Sabres. I assume he's trying to show some of his teammates, which which is always a good thing for other NHL players to see it. Other big name people, other people who are on Twitter might tweet it out, might get, you know, might get me noticed, might get Pete noticed, might get me noticed for my directing stuff or skills or writing skills, might get Pete noticed for his, uh, the, the way he's able to put a movie together and create magic in that sense, and, um... You know, again, we never made a penny off this. This is strictly we wanted to do it. You know, we were passionate about it, but at the same time, you know, where with where I am in my career, I mean, you know, I'm always I'm always doing stuff. I'm always trying to get my work out. If you follow me on Twitter, you know, and I, I'm sure I'm annoying to some people, but look nobody's gonna promote me but me. So what the fuck do you want me to do? I've, I've gained almost 8,000 Twitter followers over the last six years. I might as well try to use that to my advantage. You know what's the worst, too? Is when you can tell people, especially you're close to, mute you because they're obviously upset that you keep promoting your podcast. And then you don't mute them. But what they do is they start a podcast and so they start something and all they start doing is promoting their shit. But you know... Because you've tried to tweet them and send them shit and they're not responding to you, you're like, well, they muted me, but now they're gonna on my timeline just start, you know, promoting all this stuff too. Like, what is it? Like, what do you want here? What is Twitter being useful? But anyways, even if you, if you're upset that I use Twitter to promote my stuff, well, tough shit. I mean, I I gotta do what I gotta do, and um. You know, so so in the, with the promotional aspect of 363, anytime you can get a big name anywhere to tweet it out, it's huge. It really is huge. You get someone with 10,000 Twitter followers, even four or five years later, to tweet out a link to 363. I mean, you never know. All you need, the way I, I've, I've handled myself in this business is, I, I need one person to believe in me. That's it. I just need one. I understand. I haven't really had that person yet. Uh, I, I get it. I understand it. And I've been in this business for close to 10 years. Sometimes I feel like I need to take my resume and literally throw it on the desk of somebody who knows me, who, you know, allows me to do work for them and say, wait a minute, here's what I've fucking done, okay? Uh, you might not know, but let me refresh your memory. Here's what I've done. All right? I didn't just jump into this and and... Been sitting on my living room couch doing a podcast my whole career. That's one part of it. But I've done all this other stuff too. Here it is. Uh, uh, but the way I've I've handled myself in this business is I I I'm doing all this shit. I'm putting all this work in. I'm I'm not breaking the bank at any point, and it's not even close. And I didn't even create 363 to break the bank. You know, you created I need one person to believe in me. You need one person to believe in you. That's it. It's got to be the right person. But you need one. That one's still out there. So anytime somebody would tweet out that link, I would be honored by it. And um, I, I again, I have a lot of pride in that video. So I, I want Jack Eichel to show the Buffalo Sabres that video because maybe somebody tweets it out. And, and next thing you know, the right person sees it. And, and who knows what can happen? The, the domino effect to that. Who knows? you you want you want that to be out there still though so jack eichel texted me yesterday says why can't i watch the movie and i didn't panic but i said well what do you mean and he said i'm trying to show the boys i said well oh oh well now that you remind me and i tell some people this all the time when we put this together we put some songs into it little snippets of songs that again the songs we used I mean, there might have been out of the, maybe the 10 or 12, ten to 12 little snippets of different songs we used. I think maybe one was a major song, right? I think we used a Billy Joel song. I think that was it. Um, but what we did was we wanted to make sure that that some of the songs we used, you know, it weren't illegal to use in this on YouTube. And I get if you don't have the copyright to a certain song, you you probably can't use it. I understand that, but there was also a part of us that was saying, well, wait, we're not making any money off this. It's not like... And in fact, on YouTube, there are certain companies and record labels that actually do allow you to use their songs. They just have the agreement where if, if it does read that song... They can then put advertisements, so they can put a download link on the show when that song begins, and they can actually make money off it, and we can't. I mean, there's there's that option for them on YouTube that that they can do, and in fact, there are a couple songs that were picked up over the last couple years, not when we first put it out there. When we first put it out on YouTube, it didn't pick up any of the songs. And there was no copyright issues. Maybe like a year and a half later, I think, 2014, I got a notice that said, your video has been blocked and cannot be played in Germany. So our video, nobody in Germany has been able to see, and it's because of one song, and I don't even know what the song is, right? It's it, At least I am I wasn't well aware of it outside of it being in the movie. So you haven't been able to watch this movie in Germany. And then... I think about six to eight months ago, I got another message. There were two or three songs that that were picked up on it that they all of a sudden, because of the copyright license, they blocked the movie from being played on any type of mobile device or tablet. So phones, tablets, you couldn't watch, you can't watch the movie anymore. So that's what I said to Jack Eichel. I said, oh, you must be trying to watch it on a phone or a tablet. He said, yes. I said, all right, well, that explains it. I received a message about six months ago saying you can't watch the movie on a phone or a tablet anymore. You can only watch it on a computer or a laptop. Now, I'm not happy about that, but at least you can still watch it somewhere. So I thought. So I stopped talking to Jack and uh, I go online. I go on my YouTube. I say, let me double check it. Let me just make sure that's still the case. And what do you know? It's not still the case. In fact, I couldn't find it anywhere. I was logged out of my YouTube account. I was searching 363, Road to the Celtic, three on three. And the only thing that would come up were shorter, small home videos of people who were playing in the tournament that they might have taken on their cell phone and put on their own YouTube pages or we have a, a, an official trailer that we released about a week before we released the movie that got people fired up. It's like a two and a half minute trailer. That's still available to you, which still gets me jacked up to this day. In fact, when we put that trailer out and when, when Pete Needham put that together, I can still remember telling him, I'm not so sure this is a good idea because I think the trailer might be better than the actual movie, right? I can remember telling him that and uh, we eventually released the trailer, but that you can still see that, you can still Google that, YouTube that, that comes up, but I, yesterday, I could not find the actual movie, so now I'm thinking, did I, I'm going back, I'm like, I, because I've been adding some smaller videos, I've been taking clips from this show, when I have special guests on, like I had John Doomsday Howard, I took that piece, that just, tw- I think, 20-minute clip, and I put it on my YouTube page, I took my interview with Dominic Cruz, who now is the new bantamweight UFC champion, won it on Sunday night here in Boston at the TD Garden, he was in studio in November, I took that clip, I put that on my YouTube page, uh, and Mike Hazen, GM of the Boston Red Sox, I took that clip, he joined me over the phone a couple weeks ago, and he gave me a great interview, and I took that, and put that on YouTube. So I've been doing some things on my YouTube page. And my concern was I might have deleted 363 by accident. I I don't know why I would have that I hit a button or I clicked the wrong thing. Because I can remember. I definitely deleted a couple things that were there that were, um, that were saved that I never put out. I deleted them. And I'm going, did I delete 363, the road to selfie three-on-three? Three? Did I do that? So I went in and sort of started panicking. And I looked, and I realized, no, I didn't delete it. It was still there when I logged into my YouTube account. But there was a message next to it. The movie has been blocked in the U.S. and in Canada. It's been blocked. It's been banned. You cannot watch it unless you are logged into my account. You cannot watch it in, US, in the U.S., in Canada, or in Germany. Now, there are some places you can watch it. <laughs> Just not in the U.S., Canada, or Germany. But really, that is, in essence, the movie being blocked everywhere and basically being removed from YouTube. And it tells you who blocks it. And it tells you the song that was picked up in which there is a copyright infringement or whatever they're calling it, copyright dispute that they file and filed by Red Bull Records. That's right, the drink, Red Bull. They're not paying me for this promotion to drink Red Bull. I drink it all the time. But um, Red Bull Records, they have a record label. And one of their clients, a group named AWOL Nation, AWOL Nation, they sing the song called Sale. Here it is for you right now. This is the song that plays in the Keith Yandel scene uh, at the beginning of the film. And you can make the argument that and Keith Yandel, if you don't know who he is, well, you're not a hockey fan. Uh, hockey fans know him. If you don't know who he is, a uh, New York Rangers defenseman, all-star defenseman. Uh, you know, he, he formerly from the Phoenix Coyotes. The Coyotes are now the Arizona Coyotes, but he now plays in the New York Rangers. Uh, A good friend of mine, and he was in it. Also making uh, an appearance, a cameo, was Jimmy Hayes, who at the time was with the Chicago Blackhawks, then went to the Florida Panthers, now plays for the Boston Bruins. And uh, they both made great cameos, but you can make the argument that Keith Yandel's cameo is the best part of the whole movie. Keith was telling me that he would go, after that movie was released in 2012, he would go and help... Run hockey camps because his brother Brian does some things and and runs some clinics as well. Uh, and, and he would go help him out, and people would recognize him not from the NHL, but from the street hockey movie 363 Road to the Celtic Three on Three. Right? That that's that that was a real that's a real thing that's a real story. I'm telling you. So you can make the argument that that part of the movie was the best part of the movie, and and the song that's playing in that part is the song that is now sort of, I guess, tipped off AWOL Nation, who sings it, who ultimately tips off Red Bull Records, who, I guess, reach out to YouTube and say, we can't have this, we can't have this this little snippet of our song playing during the best part of this movie that's got over 40,000 views, uh, which, which was made by someone who made zero pennies off of it, and uses it strictly to promote his own brand, or really just as a, a a way to get my name and my work out there to people in a different way. So we're but we're gonna tell YouTube. This movie can't be played. We need to get this removed. We need to get this shut down. Nobody can see this movie because our song's playing. They don't have it. They don't have the right to play our song in a movie, even though it's been out on YouTube being played since 2012. Four year, Nearly four years later, they're going to YouTube, running and crying to YouTube to get this thing shut down. And I'm upset about this. I'm pissed off. I tweeted it last night. I tweeted it again today. I I have a support group here that has tweeted some things about it. Hashtag free 363. You can join us if you'd like. And and I know it's not, look, it's not the end of the world. I understand that. But, um, you know, it was something that I thought nobody could take away from me. And when one record label, because there are other record labels that see their songs are being played that have picked them up and, and, all right, you want to ban it from being played on cell phones or on tablets? What, do you think we're all stealing, like, the little snippet of your song? First of all, there's a narrator talking over most of the pots anyways. Nobody's really going to steal it. If anything, you know, and I gave the description. I put every song. I'm not trying to run from this. wasn't trying to hide from it. I put every song down in the description, every song that was played, who sang it. And, uh, y- you know, we did that. And, and. If anything, for the last four years, I prom- I've been promoting your fucking music for free. I'm not making money off it. You think, I have- you think I had to use your song? I understand. You know, Danny, you don't have the rights. I get it. I get all that copyright shit, YouTube. I Look, I, I get it. But, I mean, I do feel like maybe I have a beef. Since I haven't made any money off it, maybe they do think I'm making money because there are advertisements that play over the, over the film, but that's because other songs and record labels have picked it up and, and because, I guess, it goes against the license, YouTube then steps in and says, well, now we have the right to, to put ads on this and you can't see any of the money that comes in on those ads. I mean, I'd like to dispute that as well since you start putting fucking advertisements on my video that, that's got as many hits as it does. And I'm not trying to turn this video into uh, an award-winning film. Like, I'm not even asking for that. All I'm asking for is, you know, maybe somebody to understand that I-, I I feel like this should benefit AWOL Nation and Red Bull. I feel like there's a different route they could go here, right? It's one thing if somebody's out on the internet and on YouTube stealing your song, and they're playing your song, or they're creating a fake video just strictly for your song, and they want to focus on your song, and they're stealing your work, and they're making money off your hard work and your song that you worked hard to put out to get a ton of people to listen to. I can understand that. But, but when we put this video together, I think it was the complete opposite. In fact, I think some of our mindset was, man, you know, I don't think in 2012, was anybody listening to AWOL Nation? I don't know. I don't, Maybe you could say, yes, you were. I know I wasn't. I mean, even in 2016, I'm not listening to fucking AWOL Nation. All right? But I'll tell you this. Uh, it's a song that we put out there that all of a sudden I've been hearing in, in other videos. I heard in a TV commercial lately. And I'm not saying I'm sitting there taking credit for that song getting out there. But all I, one thing I do know is that I certainly didn't damage the product of AWOL Nation in any way, shape, or form. And since I haven't made any money off it, and it's only a little snippet, and I referenced it in the description, I mean, you, re- I, could, I could see you want to put some copyright, and maybe you want to add a link to our video that says, hey, when that song pops up, you can do that, right? You can A link can pop up to say, download this song now. You want to do that? Go ahead. But you're going to shut the You're going to take the movie off of YouTube? Come on, that's bullshit. I, the copyright things, all this, you want to come to me with legal shit, you know, for a minute, can we, let's talk as fucking humans, as individuals, there is nothing about the movie, 363 wrote the selfie three on three, that damages the AWOL Nation product, that damages the label Red Bull Records. If anything, we're giving you free publicity. We've been giving it to you for four fucking years. Four years. We've been giving it to you. Free publicity. What the fuck else do you want? You want to? You want to go into my checking account? Wait. You want to come into the studio? Have a. You want my laptop? You want to steal that? You want one of these microphones? What do you want? Seriously, I don't know. What does Red Bull Records want from us? Could we play it a snippet? I mean, we didn't, I should have Keith Yandel going to fucking Red Bull Records saying, you owe me money, I was in a pod promoting your song. That's what we should be doing. I should be going to YouTube the minute they started putting advertisements on that and I should have been saying, you need to give us money. Haven't made a penny, haven't asked for a penny. That's not what this is about. But they wouldn't understand that. They just ripped it off YouTube before they even wanted to reach out. You want to contact me? I'm everywhere. Social media. Give it a little Google search. I'm there. My email's everywhere. All right? Find me. We can talk about this. We can ask. You can ask. But that's it, AWOL Nation, Red Bull Records. You just going to shut the movie down? Bunch of fucking assholes. That's what you are. All right? And 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 I, I don't see this as an overreaction. When you could have seen how much time, effort, and work that we put in to this movie, you would understand my frustration. Okay? You would understand it. It was one of the only things I said, they can't take this away from us. No, I say this about this podcast all the time. They can't take this away from me. All right, they can't do it. I mean, even if they decided to turn this studio here at Beantown Athletics into a, a skate shopping room, right? Uh, you know what I do? I fucking go somewhere because I got the brand. I got the website. This is my voice at the end of the day on the mic. You can't take this from me. You can't take this show from me, this podcast. And much like I feel that way about this, I felt that way about 363 Road to the Southie 3 on 3. You can't take that movie away from us until you encounter Red Bull Records and AWOL Nation who feel like they got this fucking great song that... Nobody else can use in anything. Little snippet of the movie. Little snippet of the song. And they go to the extreme to shut it down and take it off YouTube. It's fucking insane. All right? And I know you're going to get some asshole on Twitter that's going to be like, well, I mean, technically they have the right to do whatever they want because uh, they have the, uh, the, the license and, and you don't own any of that and you aren't paying them to use that song. Oh, God, give me a fucking break. Would you please just leave me alone? Go outside. Take a walk. Get some fresh air. All right? Step into the real world. Put some work boots on could do something for yourself. Um, it just, it sucks. And, and to be honest with you, I feel like I'm in a helpless position. Now, have I talked to some people about legal stuff? Yeah, about uh, maybe options that I have? Of course. Of course I have. And and those things are still being worked out. But in the meantime, until they, they are worked out, I'm worked up. And I'm worked up in a way where I I there is a part of me that feels somewhat helpless. And I never thought. Four years down the road with this movie out. And look, it's you know what? A lot of people who, who were gonna see it have already seen it. And you know, I don't know that it's gonna get this, this surge of viewers in the next ten years. I'm not I'm not saying it will. Uh, but there was. Something in the works. You know, If if, I'll tell you this, and I I don't know if I've ever actually said this before or ever spilt the beans on this, um, but if the Olympics came to Boston in 2024, there was a sequel, and it wasn't just me and Pete. It was with Boston 2024. Uh... And it would be our movie and it would be our sequel, but we would have some major help and turn that production, you know, I'm not to try, not to try to knock our original product, but I mean, when it's a two man show, I don't think you can consider it a major production. We tried to make it look like a major production. And I do think we accomplished that goal. But behind the scenes, it wasn't really a major production when you have a two man show, one computer and one camera. All right. It's not, but without it being a major production behind the scenes, you saw what we were able to do with that. Imagine what we could do with cameos and actual footage of gameplay and just the storyline that I have in my head about a sequel to go along with the Olympics. Just imagine what we would have been able to do with that. So there have been talks about sequels. Okay. There have been, and there will be more talks about sequels in the future. But the thing that pisses me off now is there is no sequel if there is no original to be found on the internet. Because of AWOL Nation and Red Bull Records got their panties in a bunch over a song that, to be quite honest with you, I don't think is all that great anyways. I think the song sucks, to be honest. I didn't put the song in. Pete's the music guy. I just okayed it. <laughs> I wanted some other songs that we Pete didn't want to put in. And, and we met in the middle on a couple. But, um, come on now. The song worked for the scene. I don't think I get that song on my iPod. When I go to the gym later. But it worked for that scene. It worked for that movie. It sounded good in that spot. And... I know I, I, You can get into the copyright and the infringements or whatever the fuck you want to do with the license, standard YouTube license, this, that, the other thing. The way I look at it, I feel like we were just promoting somebody's music for, to the world for free. That's the way I look at it. And some people are going to feel differently. Obviously, Red Bull Records feels differently. Obviously, AWOL Nation feels differently. and And because of that, they went to the extreme that they didn't have to go to. They have options. They have options. You shut it down? Come on. Come on. It's got it, there's got to be something that can happen here. And 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 I tweeted them, we've been tweeting them. I emailed them. I've sent multiple emails. I've had other people send them emails. And someone sent them a phone call and we're not hearing anything back. I understand it's only like 24 hours later, but still That movie not being available on the internet for 24 hours is 24 hours too long, in my opinion, based on the hard work and effort that we put in to get that out there four years ago. And we'll keep trying. There is a part of me, as I mentioned, that feels somewhat helpless. And um, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And, And I'm not asking... I'm not asking anybody to feel the way I feel about it because, to be quite honest with you, last night I was beside myself. I was devastated because, you know, this is something that that uh, I take a lot of pride in. It, it's, it wasn't just, let's film a couple things. Some people, even people close to me, unfortunately, thought, let's film a couple things and uh, throw it up on YouTube. Now nah, it was a lot more work than that. It was a lot more thought that was put into that. Uh, It was an entire summer, really, that was shut down because I wanted to get, because we wanted to put this out. And uh, the fact that four years, nearly four years later, I got to sit here and explain to people why it's no longer available to anybody to watch is absurd. When I have never made a single penny off of this movie and never... Never was going to... I was never going to attempt to make money off it. There was never part of me that woke up in the day and said, today's the day I'm going to go out and try to make money off this YouTube video. Wasn't about that. Wasn't about that. But see, you can't even have this conversation with someone. We're trying to. We're trying to. I can't guarantee it's going to happen, but I tweeted him. I said, you really want to do this? We'll do it. All right? Now, I don't, I don't get into the... Uh, people in, you know, the entertainment business, whether it's media, music, movies, you know, whatever it is, TV, I, I don't get into the, to the bitter back and forths on social media or even really in, in, in private and public. I mean, that shit doesn't concern me. I, I don't, I don't really, my attitude in this business is I really don't give a fuck about anybody else. And that's the way it has to be because I'm the only one promoting me at the end of the day. I'm the only one that gives a fuck about me at the end of the day, so I don't give a fuck about anybody else. But the minute somebody wants to mess with my livelihood, and this does mess with my livelihood because, again, the reasons I put this out there and worked so hard on this was to get you know, people to see it, whether it's, it's fans, whether it's get people to come to my podcast, whether it's get people to say, wow, that's a, that's a pretty, uh, pretty good movie they put together. Why don't we reach out to them? Maybe we, got, maybe we got some type of gig for them. Maybe we could use them to help us put this movie together. You know, I put that out there trying to make a living here. Right? At the end of the day. Trying to make a living. And, um, you know, nobody's given me that opportunity to do that. But when somebody tries to take away from me doing that, I take that personal. And something like this that I'm going to take personal that's going to mess with my livelihood, may mess with my future, you want to take that away from me, you got to fight. You want to fight? You got to fight. All right? That's all, that's all I'm saying is any, anything else I don't pay attention to, could KLS, something going to mess with my livelihood, I take seriously. And uh, I'm not saying I'm going to go out and try to ruin someone else's life. In return, but I'm also saying that I'm not not going to do that. <laughs> so, I don't know where they want to go with this. I know where I don't want to go with this. But I will if I have to. And um, it just sucks, man. You know, it it, it really does suck. But. We move on and, well, I don't move on completely because I told you I'm going to fight this. I'm going to fight the fight. That's what's going to happen. But any news that I get on it, I will certainly give it to you on this podcast. Uh, I got the TVs working today. They talk about other things going wrong. Uh, I don't have ESPN, though. I don't have any of the sports stations. And as much as we knock ESPN, I, I like to watch SportsCenter in the morning. I mean, yeah, I literally could watch Sports Center eight times in a row and recite the thing for you after, word for word. I enjoy Sports Center. I like Sports Center. I grew up with Sports Center. I'm going to continue to watch it. As much as we've knocked ESPN for certain stories the last calendar year, the last couple of years, I, you know, I, I enjoy watching it. But we got the TVs going. Finally working again. Haven't had the TVs go- working in a couple months. Having a cable. Finally got cable back. And, and they, they're only giving us the, the normal channels. You know, the four, five, and sevens. That's it. And I don't really feel like watching. You know, I I'm, we got the weather going. I mean, the, the weather just keeps playing. It's not changing. It just keeps playing. Over and over and over. So, we got to figure out something going on with the cable as well. Um, Just another thing. Not working out today here at the Danny Picacho studio at Beantown Athletics. But uh, we'll get over it all. We'll get over it all. One thing it seems like the NFL is never going to get over is deflaking. And that's the football story I have in front of me. I'm reading this story from Mike Florio and Pro Football Talk. And the headline reads... NFL still might disclose 2015 PSI summaries. And before I get into what this story says, let me get you updated on what's been going on in the NFL this year with regards to the PSI in footballs. The NFL, they have went with a random testing procedure during the regular season. Randomly and periodically, taking footballs, removing them from the game at halftime, and testing them, and then testing the second-half footballs, the replacement footballs, at the end of the game. But randomly. Not every game. Only some games. Only some moments at halftime and after games. Again, random. Uh, They've been doing that this year. And they've been doing it because they are trying to get some type of information that, that backs up Their argument, which they're going to argue once again the first week of March as the NFL appeals Judge Richard Berman's ruling to completely erase Tom Brady's four-game suspension. They basically are looking for their own evidence, and they're trying to do it, and they've tried to do it by testing some footballs this year in the regular season. When you get into this story on Pro Football Talk, I mean, the headline, once you hear that, the headline speaks for itself. NFL still might disclose 2015 PSI summaries, which means that they are thinking, the NFL is thinking, about telling the world the results of this random testing with footballs at halftime and then with the replacement footballs post game to try and defend their argument. Now, first and foremost, they are only going to release Evidence that defends their claim that the Patriots did do something to the footballs, right? Why else would they release any other evidence? And because it is random, because it is, you know, they picked and choose their spots and their games and their moments to test footballs, are we really going to know every game that they had? Like, what if there's one game that might defend their argument because the weather wasn't that bad. But then there was another game that doesn't really defend their argument. We're never going to hear about that game that they tested the footballs that doesn't defend their argument. We're only going to hear the ones that that may defend their argument. But again, this is something that, this is air pressure in a football. And for most of this season, I feel like the weather was pretty good in a lot of games. I don't remember a lot of nasty games with nasty weather with blistering, freezing cold conditions. I really don't... I mean, the one game that sticks out is the recent playoff game, Minnesota-Seattle, and what we heard going into that game was they were going to check the PSIs in the footballs at halftime of that game. And my beef with that report, which comes back to... which is another beef of this latest report that the NFL might disclose the 2015 PSI summaries in their random testing, some of it at least, uh... My beef with that and my beef with the Minnesota-Seattle testing is that they are only testing the footballs at halftime. And that goes back to the biggest problem of Gate and the AFC Championship last year. They didn't document the PSIs of the footballs before the games. Much like, from we're seeing with these reports, the Minnesota-Seattle playoff game in Minnesota, which it, w- which it was 2 degrees and it felt like minus 23. You know my beef on that. If it feels like minus 23, just say it's minus 23. Why are we saying it's two? It's minus 23, right? That's what it feels like? That's what the little... Right? Is that right? Right. Just call it minus 23. But anyways. uh, They didn't document the PSI of the football before the game. That's a major part of this. Isn't it? That's what I thought. So... They're still not using the correct protocol to give us the results that I think people need. But I don't even think we need to see results. Again, how I've always felt about deflaking. You can try to throw it. Oh, this evidence says that. This evidence says that. Ideal gas law. Text message calls him the deflator. He went to the bathroom. NFL did this. Players did that. Brady said this. He destroyed his phone. That, 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 That The other thing. You can give me all the evidence in the world. None of that evidence is going to change my mind about the situation at hand, which is we're talking about the air pressure in a football. And unlike maybe CNN or Fox News or MSNBC wants to report, it's not two pounds of air pressure, the difference we were talking about. Two pounds? No, it's two pounds per square inch, you fucking morons. Do you know how much of a difference that is? And by the way, it wasn't even two. I think it was 0.5, right? It was, Bottom line is this, we're talking about the air pressure in a football, and people are trying to use it to suspend a quarterback, to put an asterisk next to his name, it's a joke, it's a non-issue, it was a non-issue since day one, and the NFL turned it into an earth-shattering revelation, and a story that uh, took the world by storm, I think when, when when people were looking at top stories of 2015, I, I you know, there was like a top ten list, and I think the flake gate was like number two. I read. I mean, what? We're talking about the air pressure in the football. So it's just been a meaningless story since day one, anyways. The fact that the NFL's still running with it is disturbing. One, two, you know what's even more disturbing than it all? The timing the timing of when the NFL now might release the results of random testing that they still didn't do, right? Because they still didn't document the pregame numbers. They're going to reveal this stuff. Super Bowl week. Are you shitting me? Out of all the times in which you can do, you can take this to court. NFL can, they want numbers. They want to release them. Figure it out. Wait till after are Wait till the biggest game that you have is done, right? Wait. Till, this is. This would just be, if the Patriots are in the Super Bowl. And I feel like they will be. I. I. I think they're going to beat Denver. I gave you a little bit of my reason for that yesterday. I'll go in in depth on that reasoning the next couple days, the next couple shows. But I do think the Patriots are going to win. I think they're going to be playing the Carolina Panthers, and. The NFL is going to turn Super Bowl week for the second straight year into the air pressure of a football. That's what they're going to do. It's embarrassing. It's a joke. It's another reason why we need owners to step up and say, no, 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 no. no. You, you got numbers. I get it. You're pounding your chest, NFL. You want to protect the shield. You're talking about integrity of the game. You... You cannot, do not, you have numbers, you think you have evidence. Let's wait till after the Super Bowl. Honestly, wait till after the Super Bowl. What, what, what's the issue here? Wait till after the fucking Super Bowl. But that's not what Roger Goodell's going to do. That's not what the NFL's going to do. And that's why this commissioner is an embarrassment and a buffoon and a clown. And a dickhead. Okay? All of this stuff just defends our thoughts here in New England about what this commissioner of the National Football League actually is. And if they are going to release these numbers the week su- leading into the Super Bowl, it will be the dumbest thing you have ever seen from any league. Now, I get what the NFL stands for. They stand for the story. They stand for being the top story. And and, and they might think with with the week off, perhaps... Uh, the storylines get stale, and and again, they want to be the top story every single day. They don't want anyone stealing their spotlight, and maybe they think this is going to keep them in the news for an extra couple days, where it might drop off until uh, you get a, a couple days closer to the Super Bowl. You get to to media day, right? A week before the Super Bowl, the week off uh, that they want this, they want to be in the news, and maybe that's it. I don't know. But even if that's the case, it it, it still is just as embarrassing. And uh, it's just mind-boggling to me that they would think this is a good business decision. Now, I'm not trying to sit here scared that that these numbers are coming out. I'm not scared at all. Again, if they come out with numbers that maybe don't defend the NFLPA, that don't look good on Tom Brady's part— Again, how do you believe those numbers? They didn't do every game. If the NFL wanted to take this seriously, if the NFL wanted to take the PSI in a football seriously and forget about just trying to go after one guy, right? Go after one situation. Make themselves look good with one specific situation. They wanted to do it the right way. And they wanted more people to actually believe some of the numbers to come out. They would have said before the season, We are going to, for every single game this year, we are going to test the PSI's of the football before the game. We're going to check them at halftime. We're going to check them post-game. And what we're going to add on to that are the weather conditions, the way the weather conditions change during that game. And we're going to document every single game for 17 weeks. And what we're then going to do, is we're going to release them to the public regardless of what the results may be. That's what we're going to do. And uh, they didn't want to do that. They did not want to do that. So how can you take it seriously? If they don't want to go the way of doing it the right way, are we really supposed to look at the NFL now and say, well, you look, you're giving us numbers, And we believe them. No. They're giving us numbers. They're giving us the numbers they want to give us. They're not giving us all the numbers. They didn't do every game. And if they don't do every game, why can't they pick and choose behind the scenes of what games or what numbers they want to give us? And also, I mean, are we we trusting officials? Now we're getting into we trust the actual readings. Where in the Wells report, they were using PSI gauges that were broken. There were two. They didn't remember what one... What ones they use with one balls. I mean, it, does, it this is the dumbest thing. And the fact that we're still doing this is an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. It needs to end. Somebody needs to step up. They, uh, majority of the owners need to step up here. Now, it's not going to happen because they're jealous of the Patriots. They don't want the Patriots to win another Super Bowl. Now, I know they got to get there first. But I told you that I think they're going to get there. But... You know, some, a couple owners, a group of owners need to step up and say, this this can't happen. We can't let this story take over and, and hijack another Super Bowl. This is Super Bowl 50. You want to be, t-. and by the way, last Super Bowl, when the NFL controlled the footballs, what happened? Patriots won. All right? It's it. It's over. It, it, it's done. PSI, football, who gives a shit? Patriots won the game with the NFL's footballs. It's over. They're the champs. They're going to make this storyline, steal the Super Bowl headlines once again. And uh, I'll say this. Let's say, if if the Patriots shock me and they do not, they do not win the AFC championship and the Broncos somehow get to the Super Bowl, then I, here's what I hope. I hope we, I hope we get, I hope Deborah Davies from Al Jazeera has got something in her back pocket. That's all, that's all I hope. I hope she got something in her back pocket. Al Jazeera, I know there's something happened with uh, Al Jazeera America recently. Um, I don't know who some of these guys are gonna sue now. I don't actually know the whole story about that, but I do know this. The 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 story that I heard about and watched the whole hour long special and report and investigation. You need to go watch it, and if you watch it, when you watch that, the Peyton Manning part with HGH is like four minutes, if that, at the very end, and and Deborah Davies even said, I mean, look, we don't have that much hard evidence. We don't have hard evidence that that says Peyton Manning used HGH. But we have this, and we have that, and we have all these other guys that were getting stuff from this guy who was connected to this clinic, who, which was dishing out something to, to Peyton Manning's house. So that's a story. But a lot of people didn't want to make it a story. And these same people that don't want to make it a story. And again, I'm not saying that, I'm not even saying the NFL should go into an investigation on Peyton Manning. Because I know you would say that's hypocritical of you. But, but, that, but I'm not even saying that. I'm not saying we put an asterisk next to Peyton Manning's name. I'm not saying you need to suspend him. Or, you know, put him on HGH trial. Like, no, I'm not saying you needed to send Peyton Manning to a Manhattan federal court this summer. I don't want to see it. I don't care if he did HGH. But the same people that are going to allow this PSI story to steal the headlines leading into the Super Bowl this year are the same people that if the Broncos go to the Super Bowl, they're going to ignore, continue to ignore, the Al Jazeera Peyton Manning HGH story. They will. So not only would the NFL not be taking two different stances on, on two different storylines that the NFL compared, they compared PSIs to PEDs. Not only will that happen, will they ignore it? But the media, national media will too. But I'm not even concerned about the NFL with the HGH, Peyton Manning and stuff. I'm more concerned about the fact that people have ignored it, when you can't ignore it. It's a story. And, and they don't want to acknowledge it. Which is just insane, but it is. And and if the Broncos make it to the Super Bowl, I I don't think it's gonna come up. ESPN's not gonna do their one on one sit down, uh, with Deborah Davies, or with Charlie Sly, or with I don't know the the guy that was in cahoots with Charlie Sly that was a co-founder of Elements Nutrition that all of a sudden decided to shut down its shop, dissolve, and close its doors a week after this Al Jazeera report came out that linked all these players that also were part of Elements Nutrition, which also was uh, linked to Charlie Sly. I mean, that's shady in itself. If you get nothing to hide, what the hell are you closing your doors for? What the hell are you dissolving the company for? And the timing's shady as well. There's not, there's not going to be any in-depth reports on that heading into the Super Bowl if Peyton Manning's going to the Super Bowl. But if Tom Brady does, and I think the NFL might be sensing he will be there, based on the way these two teams are playing, they are they are telling us that they could release some of these PSI numbers in the random testing that they put on during the regular season. And and you know what? It's embarrassing that you're going to let that story about the air pressure in football steal the headlines. So, uh, if, if I'm an owner, if I'm someone around the league that has any respect for the game and the Super Bowl, regardless of what those numbers say, I have to tell Roger Goodell, listen, Roger, I get it. You're fired up. You don't want to be showed up here, especially in a courtroom. And you were. And the guy that helped show you up is about to win another Super Bowl. But let's, instead of sitting there coming out with numbers and allowing the air pressure in a football, steal the storyline of another Super Bowl for two straight years. It's Super Bowl 50. Let's put on a great event. And you want to get to that shit after, get to that shit after. I mean, you shouldn't even be getting back to it. But since they are, if they really are going to, you got to pick your spot. I mean, and this is a bad spot to pick. It's an embarrassing spot, and they look brutal. They look bad. I don't know who's running the NFL's public relations, but they're doing an awful job. I tell you that. (laughs) They're doing a terrible job. You know, and and we can get into this whole NFL loves being in the spotlight of a storyline, but, I mean, this is just an embarrassing storyline for the second straight year of your biggest game. It's the 50th edition of it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And throughout this whole process, over the last 12 months, the NFL has collectively made no fucking sense. And to be honest, I don't know where to go with the story other than we just have to sit back and wait and see what they do with it. So uh, until we get more information or maybe a report on that, I will react to it then, and uh, you know, I I don't want I don't want to make the Super Bowl about Deflategate again, but the NFL and you know the reports that are gonna come along with it on ESPN, they are gonna make it about Deflategate once again, and I just hope there's a prop somewhere in Vegas on whether or not Mark Brunel is gonna shed another tear on NFL Live on ESPN. Uh, is that a prop? Because I'll take it. Over, under, on how many tears shed by Mark Brunel should be two. I will take the over if they're talking about his livelihood and the air pressure in the football on that show once again. So, we'll see. We'll see where they go with it. But they really, they should just back up off it. If they want to appeal, they shouldn't. But if they really want to, wait till after the Super Bowl and, and come out with your stupid numbers then. That nobody should really believe, anyways, because the NFL's a bunch of snakes and it starts with the officials. And one of the other reasons, if the Patriots lose in Denver, it'll, like they lost in week 12, it'll once again be about the officials. It'll either be about turnovers or officials if the Patriots lose. Those are the only two things that are gonna beat the Patriots. Patriots turning the ball over, sure, maybe tippy cap. If Denver wants to force the turnover, they got one of the best defenses in the league in their own building. It is cause for concern for any team, for any offense that looks good. When you can say you're playing the top defense in the league, in their building, in the playoffs. All right. If they force a turnover, that could be the difference. If they don't, the officials could be the difference. Much like they were the difference in Week 12 when the Patriots got screwed. When they called that hold or that, what, illegal hands on Patrick Chung in the end zone on a play that I'm pretty sure Osweiler already was sacked. He was already sacked. Would have been a third and long. Changed the game. They threw a flag. That was that was it. Stupid stupidest penalty I've seen called in the NFL in the last 10 years. And it cost the Patriots the game. Week twelve. The officials cost the New England Patriots that football game in week twelve. I know there were things the Patriots did to not help themselves, like special teams turnovers. I get that. But they still they still had a chance to win the game. And they would have won the game if they didn't make that awful call on Chung. So, um, we're supposed to trust these officials when these numbers come out too? These officials that in the Wells report seem clueless when it comes to testing the PSI? Give me a break. NFL needs to avoid this. Back away from this story, boys. I don't know who's giving you advice. But whoever is, is just, they're not too bright. I'll tell you that. They're not too bright. I didn't want to do deflategate. Eh? I didn't. I I would have sat here and crushed Red Bull records for two hours. But, I mean, if you're making me do deflategate, I'll do it. And what did we say last year? Defend the wall. We're defending the wall. It, it, it's what it is. And you know what? If this storyline, if the Patriots weren't in this, and another team was linked to this, and this was – a story that was haunting another quarterback in the NFL, I would be sitting here protecting that team and that quarterback and crushing the NFL the same amount. I really would because this is an embarrassing story. This is about the air pressure in a football, all right? And if you want to use last year's Super Bowl as any indication as to whether or not the air pressure in a football was helping the Patriots win or helping any team win, then you're not seeing the game clearly enough. Because it clearly didn't, when you use the NFL's footballs and their air pressure, it, it, didn't, it didn't affect the game. It didn't affect the team that you said the footballs were affecting and helping out. Patriots still won. So that's it. It's over. Done zone. Game over. Move on. Nothing to see here. You want to warn someone, slap on the wrist? Come on. That's it. Let's move on. Not only have we not moved on, a full calendar year later, when I launched this show, I guess back full circle here to now, um, you know, I, I began talking about 363 and this podcast. When I began all this stuff. You, want, you come back full circle? I jumped into this studio, brand new studio. And the first story we did, and the first thing that I talked about one year ago was Deflate Gate. And here I am a year later. Snow on the ground outside these windows on Granite Ave. And what are we talking about? The air pressure in a football once again. It's 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 the stupidest. It's the single stupidest storyline that I have ever seen in in any walk of life. It's a football. You pump the ball up, you take air out. Balls lose air when they're outside in the cold. It happens. You throw the football. You need to catch the football. <laughs> you need to run after the catch. You need to make tackles. You need to kick field goals. Um y- you need to coach. You need to execute. That's it. You play the game with a the football. There's air in a football. You have a rule that allows different types of air pressures to be in the football. You give a range. You don't say that every ball needs to be exactly 12.5. You say it needs to be between 12.5 and 13.5. You didn't enforce this rule. The officials didn't care about this rule. You allow the quarterbacks to handle the footballs, and yet here we are, a year later, still talking about the air pressure in a football. And sadly enough, there are some people that believe, that actually believe, We're talking about pounds, actual pounds, like how much do you weigh pounds? Like, um, you know, that the difference between two pounds means the Patriots were using a football that was two pounds lighter than everybody else. Like you, you, like you'd be using a lighter bat in baseball, like It just it's no, that's not what that's not the type of pounds we're talking about. Sadly enough, there are some people, I think, in the national media that still believe that's what we're talking about. And these people are fucking morons. All right? Morons. And they need to get over the story. Because it's a joke. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Not because of a PSI and a football. Okay. He had the best fourth quarter comeback, the best fourth quarter for a quarterback in Super Bowl history last year with the NFL's footballs. What, what are we doing? Why are we still talking about it? It's over. It's over. It should be. <laughs> it should be. I, I wish it was. I wish it was. Uh, oh, man. Uh, how, how do you move on from that? Well, you move on from that by looking at your notes. And what your notes got is, got a couple things here. Last night I watched the Celtics lose to the Mavericks in overtime. The Celtics got off to a terrible start. What were they down? 17-2. Then they were down. It's funny. Celtics are down like 17-2. to They score a basket in Dallas. 17-4. Mavericks call a timeout. They say, yeah, oh, there's four points. No way. We're not letting them go on a run. Call a timeout. I agree with Scalabrini on one thing. Disagree with them on another. I agree with them on one thing. There should be I mean, maybe one timeout per team in overtime. That overtime was just painful to watch. It should be exciting. You get a 5 minute overtime? We should be excited about this. I was watching overtime going. This is awful. Timeout. Score, there's a basket. Timeout. There's another basket. Goes to the line. Timeout. Oh, he's fouled. Timeout. What are we doing? Why are we stopping the game? Why are we slowing it down? I'm good for, you shouldn't even have a timeout in overtime. I'm good. I'd be good with that. Uh, The Celtics, the thing I, actually, the thing I disagree with Scalabrini, Brian Scalabrini, is any type of comparison between Dirk Nowitzki and Kelly Olenek is, man, you know, I think you got to get, I think you got to be questioned. Should you even be an analyst for the sport? Honestly, honest question. If you believe that, uh, this homerism, this loving the team, I, I love the Celtics. All right, love them. Rooting for them last night to win this game, uh, while well, maybe some people have, some people turned off the TV when it was seventeen to two early on. I stuck around at halftime, but I mean, you cannot in compare in any capacity you cannot compare Nowitzki and kelly olinick kelly olinick had one of the dumbest fouls i've seen late in this game last night the guys taking a three pointer olinick steps out and and tries to defend it and smashes into the guy i'm i'm going this is you, he could have scored 30 points in this game and i would be telling him just get rid of this guy I, kelly olinick at times it's mind boggling to me what he's thinking defensively. His size, if I was his height, I'd be one of the best defenders in the history of the game. I would at least I would I would push and strive to be that. He's, he will never be close to that. It's a shame because he's like seven feet tall and he makes dumb decisions defensively, and his defensive skills are horrible. There are times where I say, okay, they have improved, but Kelly Olenek to me is trade bait. When he has a good game, I I need his trade value. I need you to go out if you're Danny Ainge and say, we got Kelly Olenek, we'll give him to you, right? And maybe you hope that other GM watched what Kelly Olynyk did that night, that previous game, and his trade value would be a little bit higher. That's all I root for. I root for Olynyk. Yeah, help the team now, but also help your own trade value. Because this Celtics team, it's evident. I mean, when you fall behind like that and you have this type of comeback, all right, you get it to overtime, but all of a sudden you you gotta now you gotta play the three ball with Dallas. And I know you hit a couple threes, but the one possession that you rushed it and you had Crowder throw up the three, you know, you're trying to match three for three. You're in a three-point contest with Dallas. And the Celtics can only hit so many of those. They they, they need that elite go-to scorer not just in that moment in overtime, but even at the beginning of the game. Where it seemed like even when they took a lead, like a three point lead last night late, there were opportunities. They made defensive stops. Or Dallas made, you know, took a dumb shot. You know, now it's all right, open this game up. And and they just they don't have yes, Isaiah Thomas is best when he's driving to the basket. Avery Bradley can hit some threes. Yeah, he really can be their hottest shooter. Marcus Smart can hit some threes, but then my biggest fear with him is he hits too many, he starts taking them all. You know, he starts heat-checking himself. and you know Marcus Smart is not a guy I want heat-checking. I just don't. So uh, it, it, they, this team has flaws, and really their biggest flaw is they don't have that elite go-to scorer on a nightly basis. Look, I love Isaiah Thomas and what he does offensively. I wish... He would never take another three, and if he drove to the basket, you know he's yelling and screaming last night after he was driving to the hoop. It was awesome, but I mean, that's it. We need to open this thing up a little bit more, and you need to go out and get someone to be able to do that and be a little bit more reliable on the offensive end. In my opinion, they need it, and and, and last night I, I thought uh that really showed. But the Celtics lose, they did fight. You got to give them credit for that. They put up a good fight. You know, they could have easy, they could have easily said this game is over when it was 17 to 2 and be devastated, but they battle back. You you do have to love the fight with the Celtics team, but they lose in overtime. Uh what else last night? Uh, Golden State, they whooped Cleveland last night. In Cleveland. Uh I didn't see any of this game, but it's just that that was a beatdown. Golden State put up 130 points. So, uh, that's what we had last night. And really, no real intriguing games in the NBA schedule tonight. You got four, Milwaukee at Miami, Minnesota New Orleans. Minnesota and New Orleans probably both trying to lose. They both have 13 wins. Doing their best to maybe get a shot at Simmons. Even the last night, the yesterday, the Knicks, they beat the 76ers. You're rooting for Philly to win that game, right? Because South has got the Brooklyn pick. 76ers have five wins. Minnesota, New Orleans, each have thirteen. So Minnesota, and New Orleans, who knows if either of those teams trying to win that one? Oklahoma City at Denver, Denver, ten games under five hundred. Oklahoma City should roll. Indy in Phoenix, Phoenix, they've lost. They lost one of their best players, Bledsoe, for the season a couple weeks ago. They only got thirteen wins. They're probably not trying to win this game either. Indy. Will will win. They're twenty-two and nineteen. The Pacers are the sixth seed in the East right now. The playoffs began today. So not no real crazy NBA games. I'll be watching the the Bruins tonight in Montreal against the Canadiens. The final time these two teams meet in the NHL regular season this year. Now, will they play in the playoffs? Maybe. But it's the final time they'll meet in the regular season this year. No David Krejci. Uh, Dad is the word. He has returned to practice, but he will not return to game action just yet, but at least him practicing is a good sign that he is close to a return. It just won't happen tonight, and another NHL uh, thought and and story that I need to give to you before I uh, mention this Major League Baseball move and and close out the show. The NHL announced today that John Scott will still be a captain for the All-Star game. He was voted in, and it, it was, this, has been a, this has been kind of a crazy story because John Scott was voted in as this captain to the Pacific Division All-Stars. And the league basically stepped in and said, we can't allow this because John Scott is not an All-Star. And if you don't know about John Scott, I mean, he's what we would consider a goon. He's a big dude. He's a monster. Can't skate well doesn't handle the puck at all, doesn't get many minutes in a game, is on team's fourth lines. Uh, his job is to go out and finish his checks and finish his fights. You know, he's not going to let his superstar players on his team get pushed around, and, and I think what pisses people off in the process is not that role that he has, but sometimes where he takes that role into a dark place where he'll make bad hits or he'll have dirty plays or well, he'll finish checks and hits that he shouldn't, and he'll, he'll finish them in ways in which he hits a guy in, a he- in the head, which I assume is tough for him to not hit guys in the head because he's such a big, a big dude, but he's, he's what we consider a goon. He's not an all-star, all right? When, when you go up and down the list of players that should be in the all-star game, he might be the last pick in the league. Instead, he was, he was voted as a captain. And the NHL said, we can't have this happen. They said, well, how can we not have this happen? Well, last week, the Coyotes and the Canadiens, a Western Conference team in the Coyotes and an Eastern Conference team in the Canadiens and two different divisions, obviously, different conferences, different divisions, uh, they made a trade. Arizona Coyotes traded John Scott to Montreal and immediately Montreal sent John Scott to the minor leagues. John Scott from what I understand, is not playing in this game tonight, Bruins-Canadians. Even though he was just traded to Montreal. John Scott is in the minor leagues. And it's not because he's coming back from an injury. It's because he's not good. right? And you can make the argument it's because the league was trying to give themselves an excuse to not let him play in the All-Star game, never mind being a captain. Well, the league announced today that John Scott, and I think this is because people will fight up. And as much as maybe John Scott isn't well respected around the league, I think people rolled their eyes and and you know, they didn't like what the NHL was doing here. You know, the NHL was trying to be the big tough guy when I think a lot of people actually wanted to enjoy this moment of a hockey player who's so bad playing in the All Star game, which is now a three on three tournament. Right and being a captain. Uh, the fans had their vote. They want that vote to stick. They went after the league and, and, and crushed him on social media, I guess you could say, uh, because they were trying to obviously get John Scott out of the All-Star game, but the NHL announced today, after hearing this backlash, they announced that John Scott will still be the captain for the Pacific Division All-Stars. I'd say good on the NHL, but at the same time, I look at it and think, didn't have to get this far. You should have said right away, hey, that's the way the votes went. That's the way we're going to keep it. And that's that. We don't like it, but since we don't like it, what we probably should do in the future is change the way the system works rather than try to go behind the scenes, manipulate trades, and have guys sent to the minors so he can't play in our L-Star game. Fix the system. Don't try to... uh, Mess with the players who were voted in. And at the NHL, maybe they'll fix the system. Who knows? But they've announced today they will allow John Scott. He still will be the captain for the Pacific Division All-Stars. So you got that story. And then finally wrapping it up, uh, baseball news. Justin Upton, free agent outfielder. He has agreed to a six-year deal worth $132.75 million. Uh, Upton, 28-year-old outfielder, again, six-year deal, worth $132.75 million per year. That comes out to about $22 million a season. Now, this contract also includes an opt-out clause after the second year, which would allow Upton to go back on the free agent market at the age of 30. This is the type of opt-out clause that you're seeing now around the league, and we most recently saw it here in Boston when David Price was signed to a monster contract with the Red Sox a couple months ago. And the opt-out clause there, I believe, is after the third year. Um. I was messaging with a couple people who were involved in Major League Baseball operations, uh, you know, for specific teams, front office stuff. I, I I messaged two people today, and because I was interested in this, I have questions about this, these opt-out clauses. Now that we keep seeing them, and my question was, you know, how does it bene- How does it benefit the team? Like, what's the, what's the benefit of the team? You know, really, before you even have to ask that question, the answer is clear. The only benefit that the team gets from the player option, and by the way, it's the player option. It's the player opt-out. That was another question I had. Are these the team opt-outs? Are these player opt-outs? Are they both? It's only the player. This isn't a team. It's not like after two years, the team, the Red Sox can say to David Price, "Uh, you're not good enough. We're going to move on. You know, then it would make a little bit more sense if both sides had the opt-out. Instead, and in fact, if that were the case, it, we probably wouldn't be seeing the opt-outs. Instead, the way these are working, these are strictly player opt-outs. And the only benefit that the organizations have in, in, in the way this is structured, since it's only player opt-outs, the only benefit the teams have is short-term motivation. That's it. Short-term motivation. And I asked a couple of people, from the outside looking in, that to me seems like the only benefit that the organizations get from these early opt-outs. And I asked these people, is this true? And they said, yeah, really, that is. I mean, it's guaranteeing us that this player wants to be here and is going to play hard for us, at least in the first couple of years of the contract. And because they know, you know, like Justin Upton, for example, $22 million a season. If the market keeps going up, you know, in five years, you know, I say five, really two, it, it could still increase in two. In two years, what's 22 mil a year for a 28-year-old? What's that going to be if he puts up similar numbers or good numbers as a 30-year-old outfielder? Yeah, it could be. who knows? Could sign a deal that's going to be worth 25 mil a year. You could get a raise. and And basically, with the player knowing that, he's motivated – to play the first couple of years and to play hard and not just get settled in and not just be someone that's happy where they are and happy that they got the big money and they're just playing out the contract. No, they want someone who's motivated that, but that's the only benefit the organizations have. And if that player is motivated and plays, you know, the way they want to play, they opt out, they get more money somewhere else. You know, that team loses them, right? So it's short-term benefit for the organization's potential long-term benefit for the player. If Upton comes out and stinks up the joint the first two years, the team can't cut him. You know, motivation might be there. That's where you get away from the benefit for the team. Motivation could be there. He could have a tough tough couple seasons, look at the the free agent market and say, man, if I went to be a free agent now, I'd only make probably 15 mil a year. I'm going to stay here. And the organization might say, man, we signed this guy to a deal and he's not doing anything for us. But there's nothing we can do. The player has all the leverage there. Now uh, They control their own destiny, so to speak. But I was interested to see if that's really how front office people feel about these contracts, and they do. I asked a couple people today. That's how they feel about them. So Upton gets one and uh, gets a six-year deal, 132.75 mil, 22 mil a season. He's 28. He can opt out after the second year, which would make him a free agent. At the age of 30, uh, we just saw Chris Davis signing a big contract with the Baltimore Orioles. I think we all expected him to stay there seven years, 161 mil. But they're saying that he's going to get $42 million of that in deferrals so that Chris Davis is going to be paid with the Orioles over the next 22 seasons. Man, I, I, if that's what you want to do, Baltimore, that's what you want to do. I don't really... I don't really understand it, but uh one name now that you look at who may or may not have any leverage is Johannes Cespedis. He's available. He's really the only big the big bat that's available, outfield bat. Uh I don't know the Mets gonna be involved. I think I heard the Astros, maybe uh, the Angels. There are a couple teams that are involved here. That's Johannes Cespedis needs a couple teams, right? Because if he just was one team, you know, he loses, he, he loses some leverage there. Now, I don't know if Cespedes is looking for that early opt-out. I got no clue. I don't know if organizations want to get the short-term motivation from him. I don't know. We'll see. But Cespedes is available for teams that are looking for an outfielder that can swing the bat. He is the only one. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know if that benefits him. Or if that hurts him. And I know you might think, well, he's the only one. You get multiple teams vying for him. I I don't know if you do. That's the problem. Not only are teams in the major leagues looking at the outfield landscape saying, well, there's only one guy available. Cespedes could be looking around saying, there's only one team that wants me. I mean, that could be the thing. The Mets could be the only team that wants them, and and they might have some leverage there, unless Cespedes can work another team in to get them interested. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. Anything that happens in Major League Baseball, I will react. Uh, I'm here five days a week. DannyPicard.com. You can subscribe on iTunes. Get it on the Stitcher app if you don't have an iPhone or iPad. And uh, who knows? You know, we played that song by AWOL Nation earlier on the show. We it might maybe maybe this show gets banned. Maybe they try to remove this show from iTunes. I don't know. They they could, right? Just maybe just one specific show. They couldn't get the whole podcast taken down, could they? I don't know. Something's telling me there's a lot of podcasts that play little snippets of different songs without actually getting uh, the, the complete rights to that music. But I mean, please give me give them a tweet, Red Bull Records. YouTube, give them a tweet. Hashtag free 363. We already got some rolling in. Uh, I didn't start this. If anything, I thought I'm giving them free promotion, free publicity. Apparently, they don't feel that way. And I'm going to do everything I can to get it back up on YouTube. Thanks for joining me. Follow me on all forms of social media. My official conference championship weekend preview on tomorrow's podcast. I'm out. Talk to you then.